Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 50 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. February is Black History Month, a time to honor the essential contributions of Black people in the story of America. National and local events and online celebrations are taking place throughout the month to focus attention on Black people's achievements and history. Since 1976, the U.S. has officially marked the contributions of Black people and celebrated the history and culture of the Black experience in America every February. You may be wondering, how can you celebrate Black History Month? What can you do? How can you participate? One of the best ways Kentucky Humanities can suggest you celebrate the month, and every day of the year for that matter, is to visit a history museum. We have some good ones in the state of Kentucky and nearby the state, just across the Ohio River. Our guests today on the podcast are both with the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center in Cincinnati. Katie Brammel is a museum professional with over eight years of public history experience. She joined the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center as an intern in 2015 and a staff member in 2016. Her primary fields of study include the Underground Railroad human rights and early 20th century American history. She holds an MA in public history from Northern Kentucky University and a BS in history from the University of Central Missouri. Her capstone thesis project titled Confederate Memory, Symbols, Controversy, and Legacy. Dr. Amy Bottomley is the Director of Educational Initiatives at the Underground Railroad Freedom Center. She has a BS in secondary education and social studies, a master's in reading education, and a doctor of education in curriculum and instruction. Amy has taught high school social studies and reading courses in Ohio and Maryland, as well as teacher education courses at the University of Cincinnati. She is dedicated to teaching uh, social justice and supporting teachers in their support of in their pursuit of inclusive classroom practices. And I'm sure she taught her students to read a whole lot better than I just read the uh, introduction to uh, to Dr. Bottomley. Thank you both for joining us uh, for Think Humanities. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Katie, let's start with you. And let me just ask you how you celebrate Black History Month. Well, you know, one thing that we do here at the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center is we encourage people to celebrate Black History Month every day of the year, 365 days. Um, So... You know, one of the things I do in my own personal life is I travel, I engage with this content that I am familiar with, but at times not understanding of all aspects of, Um, and I continue to push limits, ask questions, and help educate others. I mean, I think one of the most rewarding things about working at the institution that we are fortunate to work at is being able to interact with visitors about this history and share stories specifically related to the Underground Railroad and unknown Black uh, freedom heroes and uh, change makers throughout history. And, you know, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that I do and enjoy doing. Dr. Bottomley, how would you answer the question? Um, well, 
I mirror a lot of what Katie says, but it makes sense. We both work in the same place. So we have a lot of the same goals in life. Um, but one of the things that is special about this particular month is that I have two young children. And so it is an opportunity to not just an opportunity, but a good self check. Say, hey, when's the last time that I had conversations with them about issues that are surrounding the Black experience and modern day issues that are, are continued to affect the Black experience today. And so to make sure that we take the time to, to talk about those things is important. Do you think there are people um, in America, in Kentucky and Ohio, who still do not either know of Black History Month in February or choose not to endorse it or embrace it as uh, you do and as uh, so many other uh, historians and um, uh, humanities scholars and uh, supporters of Kentucky humanities do. Is it still something that uh, Americans are grappling with? Either one? Yeah. So uh, the simple answer is absolutely. You know, we we understand as an institution and the conversations that we engage with and that we have with people that we recognize that these this is still an ongoing uphill battle um just educating people on what are the issues why they should care um you know i don't think we can reach everybody but we have the opportunity to try to just let people know um in a way that is that meets them where they are. So that's something that I think that I strive to do in my own personal life. Um, I grew up in rural Missouri, so I'm very familiar with people that may not understand what Black History Month is, why it's a thing. Um, so part of what we do is engaging in that audience as well. So Dr. Bottomley, at the, uh, at the center where you both are, uh, it's certainly, uh, there are plenty of things to see and read, but education is probably uh, at, at the heart of what you're doing, especially during this month or all, all year long with your uh, mini displays and lectures. And uh, it, it's, it's an educational resource for people that uh, visit uh, the center. Absolutely. And that's our goal. We're here to educate. We're here to inspire we're here for you, no matter where you are in your journey, to becoming a, a modern day abolitionist. And so if you're someone who has read all the books and consider yourselves a trailblazer, we have something for you. If you're someone who is just trying to figure out what, what do we mean by Black Lives Matter? Why do we need a Black History Month? We are here for you as well. And so wherever you are on that path, we offer an education um, for you that's that will help you understand why exactly we need a Black History Month. And as long as we still have people asking the question of, well, why don't we have White History Month? Or asking, well, don't all lives matter? Then we definitely need to set aside time to understand the significance of the Black experience and what they're up against today and why we all need to be allies in the the fight to promote social justice for everyone. So the struggle continues. Uh, it is uh, with us and has been for a, a long time and is with us today. So if you were talking to your children, I don't know their ages, but that doesn't matter, um, children's or adults, how would you define modern day abolitionist? Uh, 
Sure. Um, my kids happen to be 12. I have 12-year-old twins. And so this is a great age, middle school age, to really have some good conversations about what it means to be a modern-day abolitionist. And a modern-day abolitionist is someone who promotes social justice. So if we want to talk about abolition in terms of slavery specifically, there, and Katie can speak more to this, but we at the museum we really focus on modern slavery issues, slavery today, and how that looks in this country and in other countries and what people are doing to fight against it. But it also means in looking at how are we creating opportunities and how are we promoting rights for those that have been either disenfranchised or overlooked or purposefully overlooked throughout histories to make sure that we have an equitable society where everyone is guaranteed um, rights and opportunities. Katie, what would you uh, add to that? Yeah, you know, I'm not a parent, but I am a proud aunt to a to a nine and an 11 year old. So similar, I can definitely, definitely a fun age, but a lot of what I try to do with them and just in general with our, our kids that come through the doors here is set that foundation piece for them to help them understand these really complex, you know, injustices that still exist. And just looking at that aspect of modern day enslavement and human trafficking in the United States. I mean, those are tough things, especially to talk to kids about. Um, but we really try to do it again by setting up that foundational piece and just letting and educating the child and the parent on, you know, how these systems still exist. What has led to, what are the connections between historical chattel slavery in the United States and human trafficking? Why, why it's still allowed, why these things still exist. Um, so that's really kind of my, my addition to that. And uh, Dr. Bottomley, you mentioned also uh, that you still get the question, or maybe you read about it in other parts of the country, or there are some that uh, choose uh, to use their forum or their, their podcast, uh, whatever it happens to be, to talk about uh, why isn't there a White History Month or why isn't there a, uh, a, a White Lives Matter movement? Um, and uh, what is your response to, to those kinds of questions that you may get at the, at the center in Cincinnati? Sure. One of the things that I promote and have promoted throughout my entire career, and um, I joined the Freedom Center in August, so I'm a newbie, but um, this really gives me an opportunity to promote this on a much larger larger scale is I'm an advocate for teaching for social justice. And so when we're teaching for social justice, we're really looking at um, including multiple perspectives when we talk about American history and that American history is not just white European history. American history has to encompass all of the different perspectives of all of the individuals that helped and contribute to the foundation and the growth of the country. So if we're teaching for social justice, then we're purposefully included voices that have been overlooked in the past. And so that's what Black History Month is doing, is setting aside a specific time to look at those stories and to, to look at those voices and to hear what they have to say and to question, huh, have I ever thought about that perspective before? Have I learned that about history? And I'm sure Katie can attest so many times we have visitors say, I never learned about any of this stuff in history class. 
And that's disappointing and that needs to change because the African-American experience is a vital part of American history. Katie, what um, can you uh, add uh, to what Dr. Bottomley has told us? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is too, just kind of piggybacking to that, again, meeting people where they are and providing them with the foundations as to why we don't need a white history month. Every month is white history month in the United States. Um, and really just providing people with helping understand why that is. I think that sometimes these topics tend to digress into divisiveness and conversations and arguments because people just don't understand. And what we really do here to add to what Amy is saying is we we want this to be a safe space. So we don't want people to come and feel like we have an agenda, but we want this to be a place for people to learn the facts. And the facts are, <laughs> this is the way our country was set up. And this is, you know, the stories that we've told for centuries. Um, and, and even in modern era, looking at U.S. history classes, yeah, I mean, it, it's still a fight to include history in current text standards, textbooks, everything in the United States. So as a museum, we get this opportunity because sometimes people come here for fun. I mean, people come here for a lot of different ways. So we have this opportunity to teach them a history in, in a way that might be more accessible. You both know that um, there's a raging debate uh, going on uh, in this country uh, about some of the things that you're talking about. Uh, and uh, I promise our listeners that we're going to ask you in a few minutes to get to a, a preview of what, if they haven't not visited the Underground Railroad uh, Center, uh, that you, it's a delightful, wonderful place and uh, you, you can go many times, but if they haven't uh, been just across the river, uh, take a right and you're there. You do have to grow, go across that bridge though, uh, if you're coming from Kentucky, but they're gonna fix that, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But we're going to get a, a, a sort of a brief uh, audio uh, version of uh, your tour guide uh, uh, introduction to the, the, the center. But I do want to visit just very briefly. Uh, both of you are steeped in uh, scholarship and, and education. Dr. Bottomley, you um, have uh, taught teachers to teach and you've uh, been in the classroom yourself. It just seems uh, for uh, some of us, um, whether historians or humanity scholars or uh, one who has studied and, and watched this debate go on across the country, that uh, to back away from teaching facts, I think uh, one of you mentioned that, uh, Katie, it might have been you, uh, and, and how can we all of a sudden uh, not do that, or we've been in some measure doing that all along, and we're now uh, faced with uh, what uh, are facts and the truth about what, what went on. So give me some, some commentary, if you will, about the difficulty, uh, Dr. Bottomley, that, uh, that teachers are having, uh, that uh, school systems, uh, superintendents, uh, with uh, bills that have been filed in the Ohio legislature, uh, currently uh, legislation in the Kentucky General Assembly, uh, that uh, to to you and I'm sure many of us in the humanities community uh, are frightening. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and we have the Freedom Center has um, put out a public statement 
in our opposition to the bills that are working their way through the Ohio legislature. Um, it's, it's, it's such a, a big issue to try to condense it down into a sound bite. But, and that's part of the problem is that people are trying to take a really large issue and condense it into something very small. And at the heart of it is the idea of who do we wanna be as a country and what stories are we going to tell? And so what we are doing at the Freedom Center is that we are fighting to have everybody's stories told. And that includes, um, that includes the realities that some of us, white people, did some really terrible things to non-white people. And so what do we do with that? And so the fear is that if we're acknowledging that, we're saying that somehow we're bad people or that we're teaching their children that they're bad people. And what we're trying to do at the Freedom Center and what a lot of different people are trying to do is saying, no, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to acknowledge that, yes, this happens. And how did that impact the future? What have we done to right the wrongs? And what have we done to make sure that it doesn't happen again? And so our responsibilities are not to feel sorry for ourselves and not to feel bad or to feel embarrassed, but our responsibility is to say, wow, I am a citizen of this democratic nation. Therefore, I have responsibilities to my fellow citizens. And so what do I need to do? How do I need to educate myself in order to make sure that these injustices don't happen again? And so we need to move past the idea of that sense of guilt, that idea of feeling bad, and that that is the intent of learning about things like Black history, because it's not. The intent is to make for a better tomorrow. And if we're not teaching our kids that, then I don't know why we're sending them to school. Katie, the um, the, the phrase uh, critical race theory, and, and uh, but it goes beyond that. Uh, has it in some ways... Uh, been, um, I don't want to say uh, made a mountain out of a molehill or, or blown out of proportion. Uh, it's been around a long time. Theory, that theory has been around a long time, mostly taught in in graduate schools, uh, not necessarily all the way across the board. Um, but that doesn't take away from the uh, the facts that, that history uh, needs to be told uh, frankly and truthfully uh, to kids from grade school all the way up. So when someone or you read or hear or someone confronts you with this notion that that uh, CRT um, is is wrong, um, what what do you say to them? Well, it's kind of, it, you know, as Amy said, that it's this is done intentionally, right? This is a very complex issue that they use to, you know, try to persuade people to, as you know, everything that Amy just said. So I think what my reaction, and you know, if we get this at the museum is to really just unpack what it really means and what we're really looking at, which again, is just teaching American history in the school and teaching in schools and teaching the facts. Um, just really refocusing on that, not even engaging in a debate of why we should have critical race theory, just really pushing back on what do you think 
critical race theory is and you know what it means because again we're just focusing on introducing that history into the classroom because you know as amy said we believe that if everybody learned this history i don't think there would be this pushback it's it's not the intent is not there to demand that people feel guilty I'm talking with uh, Katie Bramel, who uh, is a museum professional with over eight years of public history experience with the National Underground Railroad uh, Museum Center in, in uh, Cincinnati, uh, the Freedom Center in Cincinnati, and Dr. Amy Bottomley, who is their uh, director of uh, education, uh, of educational initiatives at the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center. And we're going to be back uh, and take a, an audio tour of the center right after this word from our underwriter, our good friends at Spalding University. As a Kentucky humanities lover, you've heard of Spalding University's nationally distinguished MFA in creative writing. Now at the Naslin Mann Graduate School of Writing, we've added two innovative programs in professional writing. Your career goals take center stage as you work one-on-one -on -one with a faculty mentor to gain the writing skills employer's prize. Learn more about our low residency master's and certificate in professional writing at spalding.edu forward slash writing or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. So Katie, uh, when uh, people uh, venture across the uh, uh, Brent Spence uh, from Kentucky and uh, make their way uh, a very short distance to uh, the center, uh, what can they expect? What would you like for them to uh, leave uh, the center uh, knowing about uh, what the, the work that you're doing there? Well, they can expect to learn about the Underground Railroad. That is really our bread and butter. That is why we're here. Cincinnati was the one of the largest hubs on the Underground Railroad. Um, the exact estimate of people that cross through this land is an unknown, but it's anywhere, you know, from 30 to 60,000 people. So we are here for that reason. So when people come into our museum, they're going to learn about that and about the themes of the Underground Railroad that we use to connect with modern day themes, which is courage, cooperation, and perseverance. So our goal with every visitor that walks in is to not only understand what the Underground Railroad was, understand the realities of enslavement and what led to the Underground Railroad, but also encourage them to become active in social justice issues today, using those principles. Um, because really what we're trying to drive home is the fact that the Underground Railroad was one of the first social justice movements in the United States. It had people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, white people, black people, uh, Native Americans, Jewish Americans, fighting together because they all believe slavery was wrong in some way or the other. You know, some people were being active conductors, some people were abolitionists and helping spread the message. It all was for this greater cause of ending enslavement and chattel slavery in the United States. So that's really why we're here. And how can people uh, learn what you just told us about? Uh, give us an idea. Are there interactive displays? Are there, I know you have, and I've read uh, and attended one or two lectures by, by scholars uh, that tell you about it. Give us an idea of, uh, 
of what happens when you get inside and uh, what people can expect to see and, and witness and observe and get involved in? Yeah, so we have our permanent exhibits um, that are complete with a couple of different interactives that are uh, geared towards different age range, ranges. Um, we have a couple of films that set up, I think, different aspects of the Underground Railroad. Um, we have a good film called The Struggle Continues, which connects, um, it picks up with the end of the Civil War and connects it all the way to modern times. Um, and then we are, you know, with the addition of having Amy on our team and really kind of working at the education department and the experience side of things, we're working to create experiences for people at, at, with targeted age groups, um, with adults. So when they come in, they have something a little bit more engaging to actually follow through with in the museum. Um, I will mention too, we actually just embarked in a partnership with the Fifth Third Foundation to where now every third and fifth Sunday of the month is free and open to the public. So on those days, so the next, so the one for February is February 20th. So again, completely free. So come visit us. <laughs> but on those days, we're also looking at doing targeted programming. So obviously we're in Black History Month. So if you come in on the 20th, you're going to see some experiences that we're going to hand out that are more in line with what we offer in the building that connects to that larger idea of what Black history is. Dr. Bottomley, uh, since you have joined uh, the center, you said in August, uh, what have you tried to do? What is your challenge? Uh, what do you see as uh, uh, your main uh, course for the next few years? Well, what we're trying to do is um, Museum Experiences has created all of these great experiences for people who are physically in the building. And they've also created a number of online experiences that extend learning outside of our walls. And so we want to take that into the classrooms. And so our big initiative has been to design curriculum for educators that is social justice oriented. So all of our new curriculum will be inquiry-based. It will engage students in analyzing history, critical literacy, um, looking at multiple perspectives and ultimately figuring out how they can take action and they can get involved to promote social justice for all. Um, we also wanna look at our current situation that our pandemic has put us more online. And so um, both the museum experience team and the education team are looking at how can we become more online accessible for people. And when this pandemic is over and done with, that'll still be there for our visitors who can't um, travel across the country to see us. We are a national Underground Railroad Museum. And so we want to be the go-to place for teachers across the country who want high quality product, high quality resources to use in their classroom to, to teach social justice. How many other museums uh, in America, or let's just say in the Southeast or, or the Eastern part of the United States, are dedicated solely to the Underground Railroad. Do either one of you know? We are it. I mean, there are, there's like, for example, the Harriet Tubman Museum, yeah. um, Harriet Beecher Stowe House in Cincinnati. There are other institutions that introduce the topic of the Underground Railroad or focus on an individual that was active. Um, but as far as national focused museum, we are, we are it. <laughs> 
was the uh, was it Netflix or Prime? I've forgotten the streaming services uh, and the Underground Railroad. Was that more of a uh, glamorization of of the Underground Railroad? Was that more of a hindrance than a help to you, Katie, uh, and Dr. Bottomley from an educational standpoint uh, for the the true story of the Underground Railroad? It was on Prime. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was adapted from uh, the book, um, which we did. We had Colson and Whitehead here uh, when that book first came out in 2016, 2017. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been a couple of years. Um, I think that, I don't know if I would say either or, but I think it does two things. I think it is, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of anything that gets people interested into history. Um, you know, even if it's, it's, if it's fiction, if it opens the door and they want to learn more, I, I'm a fan of that. It is hard with the Underground Railroad specifically because so many people don't know what it is or so many people think it is an actual physical railroad underground <laughs> that, that the presence of that film did kind of, you know, that, that, that I, it, oh, it allowed us the opportunity to, I guess, educate people more on that. So let's just yeah. say that. <laughs> Dr. Bottomley, what, what would you add to that? Is it, did you feel the same thing? Did you come up with it? Maybe you didn't even watch it. I don't know. Um, uh, well, here's the thing, and this is my social studies teacher hat coming out. When it comes to, to film, book, any form of art, that um, depicts a historical event or, or people throughout history. Um, it's an opportunity for us to, to be critical and to, to think about this from the perspective of, okay, I'm taking in information. So how much of this is actually true? My husband makes fun of me because if we're watching a film and it's based on a true story, I can't not be on my phone looking up oh. the questions to be like, how <laughs> true is it? What do they get right? What do they exaggerate? And so what I encourage is for people who, who saw that um, series, who read the book or anything else about the Underground Railroad is to come see us, either yeah. in person or online, and to, to compare. So what did they get right? What did they embellish? What did they leave out? Knowing that that is a, a, drama, a dramatization of history, this is a great opportunity for you to, to be a historical detective and to figure out and to judge them on how they did. Uh, one final question to, uh, to you both to sort of put you on the spot for some, um, um, some scholarship, some research. If, if you are advising or suggesting uh, to someone that they read one book or see one film or listen to one podcast or um, whether it be the Underground Railroad, whether it be uh, Green Book, whether it be uh, the, uh, some of the uh, uh, Clint Smith's uh, new um a book uh, of of work, uh, poems, essays, uh, his search uh, across America. You see, I'm filling time here to give you an opportunity to come up with something. And uh, so I uh, really I mean, uh, honestly, um, a lot of people would be maybe more interested if they had a smaller resource to go to than than somebody saying well you have to read uh, five books and see three movies you know so um 
Katie, what what would you say? What what would you suggest that would really be a help and um, a a, um, a a resource for someone who who really wants to understand that part of history and what happened to that um, in that era? Uh, why we talk about Jim Crow? Um, the criticism that we we skipped a a large gap of of the struggle after the Civil War. Uh, you, there's this, of course, this uh, ridiculous theory that uh, that all uh, black people were saved for the rest of their lives after the Civil War. They were free, and they there was no more struggle. Or maybe it's a biography, a biography of, um, or an autobiography for that matter, of uh, of someone that you've read that that is inspirational. We have. Uh, we're very proud of um, of our uh, writers in Kentucky, uh, African American writers. Uh, Clotel, the first African American novelist, um, uh, was in Kentucky, and that sort of thing. So we we talk about that and uh, do Chautauqua performances around that. So, Katie, what what would you come up with as a as a uh, suggestion? I think for me personally, and this really comes and on what I studied in, in college and my personal interest, I always joke, I used to use it as my Bible, is <laughs> The Race and Reunion um, by David Blight. Um, that, it, it, the full title is Race and Re Reunion, The Civil War in American Memory. So the key part of that is memory. And it looks at, it's a, it's a large book, but it looks at the Civil War and what happened afterwards and how we remember it and how that memory impacts the way we discuss it. And, you know, a lot, like as you mentioned uh, with my, um, my bio, a lot of what I did in graduate school when it turned into an exhibit here is looking at the Confederate flag and why is this and, and Confederate imagery as a whole and why this topic is so divisive, why people feel so passionate about it, what is the real breakdown of the argument and, and memory has a lot to do with that and it's something that you can't discredit, but I think it's an important piece of this history and how we interpret it and how we present it. Um, so that would be mine. And I will also say, <laughs> not taking up too much of my time on this part, uh, the Freedom Center has a blog. Uh, and we uh, last summer um, in 2020, um, following actually uh, the murder of George Floyd, we were trying to figure out, we were closed at that time to the public because of COVID. And we were trying to figure out what we could do to, to help people because it is hard to try to find all this stuff and educate yourself. So we did write a blog on 10 steps you can take to fight for inclusive freedom today. And that's available on our website under our Freedom Center Voices tab. And I've got, I did the blog and there are 10 steps on there. There's reading lists. There is uh, museums we encourage you to visit, not just ours, but also our, our friends over at the Holocaust and Humanity Center. Um, so it, it has a lot of things there for people to find. Good. Um, and of course, uh, David Blight was a, uh, a visitor uh, at your center just a couple of years ago before COVID. And then we had him as our guest um, virtually uh, during COVID at our Kentucky Book Festival. Um, and it, uh, of course, David Blight is um, 
He's such an extraordinary citizen and scholar. Uh, it, it's he's amazing, but I don't know that work, and I'll I'll go back and and look at that, Doctor Bottomley. What would you suggest uh, to someone? So the the latest um, that I read that I had a big impact um, would be Eben X Kendi's Stamped from the Beginning, but it, that is a thick book and it is very intimidating, and it is a historian's history. Um, Jason Reynolds adaptations of that book stamped mm. and if you're looking for an even younger audience and I've had my children read both of these books and they're 12 would be stamped for kids mm -hmm. and that was adapted by Sonia Cherry Paul um, are excellent resources and even if you look at stamped and think it's a YA book it is not it has everything in it you can you can need to to educate yourself um, it's just in a much more manageable size um, another would be, and it's been out there for a while now, but the film 13th by yeah. Ava DuVernay, um, that is an eye opener. And I, I, a number of conversations have started amongst friends after they watched that particular film, people reaching out to me to say, is that true? I didn't know that. Why didn't we learn that in high school? So, um, that's a discussion starter as well. Well, thank you both, uh, Katie Bramble and Dr. Amy Bonnelly from uh, the uh, National um, Underground Railroad Freedom Center uh, in Cincinnati. We appreciate uh, what you're doing, the work uh, that you do. It must be like uh, working at Kentucky Humanities. It's a pleasure to come to work and, uh, every single day, and uh, it's tough uh, at times, but uh, certainly uh, worthwhile and beneficial, and we hope that we're also educating people across uh, the Commonwealth. So thanks very much for joining us on Think Humanities. Thank you. Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 50 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.